Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel. I'm your host, Tom Conboy, and joining me tonight on Skype is my co-host and EMAG publisher, Ian Holmes. Ian, how are you this evening? Ah, rel- relatively good, Tom. Um, uh, model railway-wise, I'm uh, starting to put the finishing touches to the summer issue of the Dispatch, and uh, I'm also resting up and enjoying s- some quiet time after after last night's tornado that hit town. Yeah, that uh, it, for those of you that may not have noticed, uh, Ian posted a photo. A good-sized limb came down uh, right by your house. That was pretty close. Yeah, yeah, that was a good six, good six inches diameter and like 15, 20 feet long. That wasn't yeah, it. Missed our, missed our house by like inches. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was close. We do have a couple things we want to go over tonight. Before I ask this question, though, I have to say. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to make a shameless plug here, but what's on tap for the summer issue of the Dispatch? Well, Tom, first of all, I got to say that you don't need to make the shameless plugs. I can do shameless plugs for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, what is coming up in the summer issue of the Dispatch, which will be available at the end of June? Well, I got some really cool layouts in all scales and I've got a, a, another prototype location suitable for a micro layout from my hometown, one that survived the tornado. And I've also got an article about some layout called Wetterow Food Services. Mm. I don't, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there's a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so I've also got an introduction to perspective modeling to maybe get a bit more space in your layouts with perspective modeling and i've hopefully got a thought-provoking editorial about how micro layouts can save model railroader yeah but enough of that i mean i I don't want to talk about my magazine i want to know where you got this idea for a micro layout in one day challenge from spill the beans we were discussing about what to talk about for this episode of the podcast and and I have to say, when I set up our notes for this, I just wasn't really feeling all that inspired. I've been busy with other projects and haven't even really been thinking about any kind of a, a micro layout or any kind of project. And then, of course, you know, you had posted your report about your Granite City train show event. For some reason, don't ask me why, but I started thinking about your old seven-day model railroad layout that you built several years ago. And what was that? Wingett's Recycling? Was that what yep. it was Wingets called? Re- Wingett's Recycling, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I just started thinking about it, and I just thought, what about building a layout in one day? And just when I thought of that, I just had a little spark. That's just what I needed to get my mind back in gear, uh, thinking about micros again. And I thought about, you know, we've got the square foot challenge. Well, the, you know, build Carl's square foot challenge the Christmas micro layout project. I didn't want anything that would be uh, a competition to that, but I started thinking about what about building a micro in a day? And I thought maybe I could do kind of a, I thought of like a flash project, you know, just something Mm -hmm. for the moment. And let's just throw that out there. I thought, well, maybe I'll go ahead and I'll do that. Here's the thing I wanted to uh, do about that. When I started thinking about it, because, before I decided to post anything, I thought, well, how would we do this? How much time am I going to need to give everybody? 
And since I did want to create it to be something that was a spur of the moment flash type of challenge, I didn't really want to make it a formal uh, type of a contest, you know, mm-hmm. where we had a, a pretty big lead in time to the day we actually build the layout. Because again, I wanted to be more of that inspiration. What can I do? This is, you know, it's coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I do this? And so that was the reason why I wanted to try that. And then, and again, I didn't have any kind of a, a prize for it or anything like that. You know, before we would take a picture and, and post it as our uh, group uh, background image on the uh, group display at the top. But I just thought this might just be something for the, the fun of uh, building and satisfaction of building a micro layout. And that's where the Build a Micro in 24 Hours Challenge came from. I went ahead and announced that on May 19th. And I went ahead and scheduled the build day for uh, May 28th. Not everybody was going to be able to participate in that. But again, I just wanted to make sure to get something out there that whoever wanted to give it a try could do it. Again, not a not a formal competition or anything like that. But uh, anyway, we had three people enter. Although that day, May 28th, is over, I want to encourage our listeners to go ahead and uh, Go back and check the original post I made for the uh, the challenge. I, I listed kind of some rules and things. And why not give it some thought to giving it a try? I found it to be a lot of fun. The fun for me was, could I do it? Could mm-hmm. I sort out supplies? Could I come up with a plan within eight days and then, boom, build it in one day? And I have yeah. to tell you, I had a blast doing it. Uh huh. Yeah, because I was I was going to uh, was going to join in. I was starting to formulate a scheme, and uh, then unfortunately I had to go to a funeral on the Saturday. That was me out the way and done there on that one. As it was a holiday weekend, if you just said, "Well, pick one day from these three right, mm-hmm. to do it," maybe that would be an idea for the next one. You know, if you do it on if you do it on a holiday week, pick one day from these three to do it or, so. or we could even even have a window of a you know uh, a week or a couple of weeks or even a month mm-hmm. where you know pick a day and then like i did on this it was the yeah. honor system yeah you know everybody mm-hmm. was everybody was to do it and you know again mm-hmm. since there's no prizes or anything like that and it yeah. was very informal it was really more just for the can i do it mm-hmm. yeah see if you can do it and you, you got to cheat because you want to build it that way it's that's what's a challenge in that <laughs> so absolutely to me, I have to say I was really pleased. I thought it turned mm-hmm. out pretty good. But anyway, I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a moment. Any project updates for you this month? I guess with the purchase of that O-scale locomotive at the Granite City train show, uh, your basement empire might actually happen. Uh, well, not using the, the loco that I bought. Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to buy a two-rail Weaver Alco RS3 with the China Drive, message me. Now, otherwise, I'm uh, busy on my Apper Box layout upgrade, which now has three shows lined up for it. In, in you got the three now? Three, three yeah. Shows? Three shows what's, lined what's up. What's the third one? Um, in a small town in southern Minnesota called Randolph, they have Ooh. a they have a railroad days that for their summer festival, late summer fall festival. And it's called Railroad Days. And uh, obviously the railroad must go through Randolph. So they have a railroad-themed festival. And they have a train show. And I was at the Granite City train show there with my uh, Nowhere Road halt. And this uh, fellow gave me a... uh, 
flyer for this Randolph Railroad Days train show and said, would you like to come? And I said, why, yes, I would. The plan is to go to Randolph and Train Fest and, of course, the Granite City train show. So, yeah, that's... uh, that's So what motivated you to buy this uh, O-scale locomotive? Uh, Well, Uh, I, I mean, I just have a hankering for O scale. I mean, I love the physical size of O scale. I mean, I always have. I mean, in fact, I think my first ever model railway memory is in a dentist's waiting room. And he had some O gauge coaches on the windowsill. And yeah, I I clearly remember this. And uh, I I was actually I was what was I? five six seven years old i don't know how old. i wasn't very old and i had some weird tooth condition my teeth didn't have enough calcium in them and so they like broke and so i was in the dentists to have all my front teeth removed basically and the dentist saw that i was like really taken with this coach and he let me take it home with me while I recovered. Really? His, yeah. Wow. wow. So, um, yes, I mean, I've always had a thing for O scale. And uh, I just want to, well, as I'm getting older, 60 is on the horizon. And my eyesight is not as good as it once was, especially when you sat at a computer all day. And uh, I just want at last get into O scale. And I also want to do it right so i want to do it in proto 48 p48 ah okay so i have plans to start a p48 layout in the new year new year new layout yeah i might even start it on january the first because january the first is a sunday oh okay i haven't checked that far yet so that leads me to a question is the protocrastinator block back uh, well, uh, there has been more entries on that blog in the past two weeks than in the previous eight years. But uh, I'd you know. say so. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, kind of forgot it, about that one. So yeah, yeah. I remember like, when you started that, and I, I I checked. I hadn't even followed it yet, and I thought, well, that's because he kind of started and it kind of stopped you know when you first did it yeah that's where i got the name from you know protocrastinator it started out for like proto 87 and then i had problems getting proto 87 stuff so that just killed the momentum on that and yeah the, the project went dead for like a few years and then i picked up a weaver box car kit at the, the granite city train show eight years ago and i started working on that and i got distracted and so the protocrastinator blog went to sleep for eight years yeah but in the fitting past... name fitting name <laughs> don't, don't you just don't you just love the name i love it i think yeah. i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get a t-shirt with i am the protocrastinator written on it you know because uh but you know if i do start work on this proto 48 layout start blogging any more regularly than i am doing already that kind of like kills the protocrastinator name doesn't it (laughs) yeah but knowing how things are and you've got three train shows coming up i'm sure there'll be a little lull there from i'm sure i'm sure they will yes so so anyway if you don't know the blog it is protocrastinator.com 
www.blogspot.com. And if you need to spell protocrastinator, because word check doesn't like it, Ooh, it <laughs> spell check and predictive text does not like the word protocrastinator. It is P-R-O-T-O-C-R-A-S-T-I-N-A-T-O-R protocrastinator.blogspot.com all right that sounds good and you know the nice thing is uh sean is uh quite into proto 48 so you got somebody to pick his brain yeah sure uh, sean, sean, sean yeah sean has agreed to be my mentor excellent i think he's more going to be like the wise ass on the hill in the uh stefan pa- in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the pearls yeah. before the swine comics you know <laughs> Yeah, I, that sounds about right there. So, uh, John, when you listen to this, yeah, you you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, you know, as I had discussed earlier, um, I, I had been kind of in a funk with uh, doing anything uh, model railroad-wise. But uh, uh, with the 24-hour micro layout challenge project, that spur-of-the-moment idea, that was just what I needed to kind of get the fire going. I actually have on hand an old HO trolley cable car set. Uh, these were... These were real big several years ago. You can still find them. I've mm-hmm. noticed on eBay, it's yeah. several of them out there. It was something that my grandfather had purchased uh, many years ago. And when he passed away, uh, my mom, she had it for a while, and she knew I liked trains, so she she asked if I wanted it. And, of course, when I opened it, I knew it wasn't powered. I thought, you know, this is one of these things where, you know, it's just a little cheap plastic set. But I was a little surprised when I opened it up, uh, the actual – the uh, the trolley in the uh, streetcar uh, trolley had a little bit of heft to it. It didn't have a motor in it, but it had a nice little, it sits on a little metal chassis. And actually I was a little surprised that it wasn't as flimsy as I thought it might be. And I thought I really wanted to do something with that. I don't have a motor to put in it and I've always wanted to do something with it. And I thought, well, you know, I could build a, a diorama, but uh, I was going to use the streetcar or excuse me, the cable car, uh, last year, when we were doing our square foot challenge, mm-hmm. I had an idea of doing a San Francisco streetcar scene, and uh, turns out that uh, was it. Chris Rennie uh, had uh, he didn't enter it in that contest, but he had showed one that he had made up and all. And I mean, it blew away what I was going to do. I thought I'm not touching that because he's he, he's already he's already done that. So I thought I'm not going to do that. But but there was a a green trolley which uh, brutally ugly, but uh, it was a. Uh, supposed to be like the streetcar named desire you know the desire streetcar and i really wanted to do something with that so with it being unpowered i thought you know what can i do i don't have a motor to put in it but i remembered bob hughes he has many local projects where he used fishing line mm-hmm. for power yeah he'd actually mount a fishing line and then he would uh, uh use that to pull the uh, loco through the scene and I always wanted to give that a try, and I thought this 24-hour build challenge was a perfect opportunity to try that uh, fishing line idea for locomotion. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So I had a baseboard idea that I was going to use my old tried-and-true phone core clipboard method. But I was out in the garage um, looking for something, and I spotted an old uh, artwork display box that I had sitting out in the garage. It's something I use for my art business when I go to art fairs, but I haven't been 
to one of those in quite some time. It's been about six years since I went to my last um, art <laughs> fair. And just all of a sudden, that old light bulb popped up over my head, and I started planning something different than what I originally had planned for my baseboard. I thought, I'm going to use this case. I didn't even bother sketching it out. Um, I thought about doing it. I thought by the time I'd sketch it out, I could build it. I had a clear mental picture of the scene I wanted to create, and it was just a simple single track line. It was going to be embedded in the street. And I knew it was going to take a long time for like uh, joint compound or uh, some of the plaster products for streets. And I, I didn't want to have to wait for plaster or uh, spackle to dry. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll use good old sheet styrene because I had a bunch of that on hand. And I thought I can use that and just cut those out and, you know, spray paint them and, and make a, you know, quick uh, street and uh, use that. So I was just going to embed the track in um, the street. And then uh, I had some... Um, uh, cardstock buildings I could make. I had some uh, images. I've got a source for images. I got them off of eBay originally. It was called Angie's Trackside Flats, but they haven't been selling anything on there for about a year. And uh, I, I used a couple of those on my Owensville Terminal layout, and I really liked them. They're just uh, straight-on building images. They actually will print them on phone core board for a back. Yeah. And pretty reasonably priced. But I went and found the website. You can either buy the pre-made ones or you can actually download the building images and mount them on foam core board yourself. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if the site was still active or not. So I went ahead and picked a couple buildings out that was going to fit my plan and went in there and I used my PayPal account and boom, boom, downloaded mm-hmm. them. Less than 10 bucks. I got three buildings. Yeah. And then uh-huh. I have a Clever Models texture CD, which I've used for several different projects so i knew i could print out something for that if i needed it so that's what i went with for the buildings and just figured that would be pretty quick and easy and i didn't build any of the buildings or anything until the day of the project and i mean i i was able to put the buildings together and i don't think it took an hour to do the buildings when they're building flats it's pretty simple you know mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing to it. i had this idea though i was going to take the box and lay it flat on a table and then i was going to take a foam core and make a backdrop and then um, put some side panels, maybe even a little bit of a staging cassette off the side. And and then I was going to design it so that when you were done, you could put everything back in the box. Mm-hmm. Everything would fit in there underneath underneath the baseboard and all fit in there. And then um, this past Monday, uh, it was just four days before the project was going to start, I decided to uh, take this display box and turn it on its side and go ahead and mount it on the wall. I thought, this makes a perfect shadow box. So I thought, you know, it's going to limit me now. I don't have the, you know, the the width of the box laying flat. But I thought, it, I'm only going to have about two and a half inches was all I had to play with. But I thought, I'm only using a single track line. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And I went with that. And you know what? It worked perfect. It's ended up being what I built for the challenge. And it was a super fun build for me really got the spark going for me and i'm looking at it right now i've got it mounted on the wall next to my uh, my old, old marks tin type train that i got on display in here and i hooked up the fishing line just just super glued it to the bottom of the chassis of the yeah. trolley uh-huh. and pull it back and forth in the scene i love it it's and my wife was quite impressed with it she said that really turned out nice so that's what i liked about the challenge i just uh-huh. felt really good to do it it was just very refreshing i, I uh-huh. you know it's kind of hard to put it in words but it was fun Really fun. 
Excellent. Yeah, because I, I saw the pictures there uh, uh, when you put them on the Facebook page and thought, well, that's cool. That is a different way of going about things because I was expecting everybody to do electrically powered stuff. And there you go. You go and try fishing line. So that was pretty yeah, neat. That's really, Bob yeah. Hughes from the old sage, Bob Hughes himself. I mean, uh-huh. I just I get some good ideas from Bob <laughs> and, and I do appreciate that. And, and I know that uh, it's nice to have Bob around that we can we can kind of pick his brain and get those yeah. ideas and you know, just such a prolific builder. Yeah. And I, I thought I got to try this and I really was impressed. You know, you pull the line through, you mm-hmm. pull it back. Yeah. Really not a lot with it, but just the entire display. Yeah. That's the thing that just, and I did it. And really Ian, the build probably total actual construction time was probably, I'm being, I'm being a little generous here with this. I I don't think it even took me six hours. I mean, I kind of figured it up in my head. Uh-huh. I'm not counting drying time for paint and things like that. Six hours max. I mean, I had time to go do some other activities and do some other things and then come back. And, and like before I went to bed Friday night with the, you know, because the way it was running over for the time, I had to make sure that the time would be a time that, you know, yeah. since we have people over the world that, who mm-hmm. are on here. So yeah. I just set it up universal time but uh it started for me at my time 7 p.m on friday night so what i got done i had went ahead and sprayed my street with my uh primer gray paint and it sat outside in my garage and it dried overnight so when i got up in the morning it was ready to go so yeah uh-huh. <laughs> that, was, that was the fun of it so i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah cool The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building, and operating of micro model railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. We've been discussing various topics to cover on this episode of the podcast, and as far as we can recall, I don't think we've discussed vaccines yet. And Ian's recent vaccine update to his Nowhere Halt station layout would be a good place to start. So, Ian, how did you do the vaccine? Is it a custom photo or a commercial backdrop? Uh, well, it's a combination of a couple of different vaccines. So it's a commercial custom. You know, I was, I, <laughs> oh, there you go. I answered the answered the question there for you. Yeah, well, I was after something very specific for my for my model for nowhere road i had a specific location in mind for this tiny little layout it's set on the flat fenlands of uh, my home county of lincolnshire back in england uh, and if you've never seen the fenland of england it's of lincolnshire it's really quite remarkable the there's a coastal strip of lincolnshire from cleethorpes through my old hometown of mablethorpe along the coast down to boston and round kings Lynn in norfolk and then back inland through spalding and peterborough almost to cambridge it's flat 
phenomenally flat kitchen table flat i mean it's at or in some cases even below sea level so you have no hills anywhere to give relief from this incredible flatness trees and church towers are the only respite from the flatness yeah it's it's a unique landscape uh, and because it's so flat the skies are vast they are huge and the sky dominates the prairies in the u.s have a similar quality but the fens are something else so yeah and i couldn't find a back scene to create the effect i want why is anybody going to make a back scene that is just like flat countryside eh? I found a low flat cornfield scene that I liked that came from an outfit called Scenic King. I, and I liked it, but the sky obviously wasn't big enough. So I found a big sky back scene at realisticbackgrounds.com and it's got huge clouds in it. I mean, I thought the clouds were actually going to be too big for the layout. When I got the uh, the clouds on the back scene, I thought, well, yeah. This is exactly what I'm after. So I cut the foreground from the landscape and then I grafted that onto the sky paper. So uh, I took care to line up the road on the landscape with the level crossing on the layout. And uh, and then as a final extra touch, I placed the back scene a further inch away from the back edge of the layout. And that, that seems to work really well with it so really pleased with that so you look at the layouts there it's like 26 by 7 then there's a one inch gap and then there's the back scene and i think that gives a little extra depth and uh, i think it looks really good i'm really pleased with that it worked out quite well in my mind yeah i went back to look at your nowhere road backdrop from last year's square foot challenge and I have to say that new backdrop really is quite striking. It makes the layout scene look so much deeper, yet it doesn't draw your eye away from the trains. And I just have to say, well done, sir. That was well, excellent. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm all embarrassed now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it just was natural. I mean, mm. it just when you looked at it, your eye went in and you just it just looked so much deeper than yeah. your layout was. How deep is the layout? The layout is like seven inches. I mean, it, it, when you look at it, it looked much deeper. I mean, it just, you nailed it. That was perfect. That really did turn out nice. So good job on that. How important is a back scene to a micro layout? Well, yeah, I think it's very important, you know, because we are dealing with such a limited space in uh, four square feet. We have to create the feel of more space than we actually have so that our layouts don't feel cramped you know sometimes it's an advantage to exploit that cramped feel like you know in an, in an urban location but even so you still can use a back scene to give some background perspective yeah do you like to have like clouds and some details in the backdrop or have you just used plain blue sky before uh, I, yeah a plain blue backdrop is boring okay yeah. but Sometimes that's really all that's needed. I was just thinking about this, you know, and I was remembering when I was back in England there in April and I was I was watching the Heaton Lodge Junction layout and it's set in an English winter uh, when grey skies dominate, you know, so 
the the background i mean it wasn't blue sky it wasn't clouds it was just like a gray textured surface and there was a lot of variation in the the darkness of the grays and it was and i can't remember what the what the surface was what the material was sorry but you know it just set that layout off very very well you know it's uh, a lot of people like to have blue skies for their back scenes but you know you don't always nothing have a blue sky yeah there's yeah, nothing wrong with that nothing wrong but, with that either so but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. of course back scenes are a very personal thing as i say with nowhere road halt i had a specific idea in my mind i knew exactly what i wanted i had to work hard and look around to find how i was going to achieve that i mean and it also goes to show you that even if you you know like for our contest that was for a contest build you did that but when you know the contest was over you went back and revisited it you tweaked it and you improved it and then you were able to take that to a train show and there's versatility with that it's not set in stone you can make Mm -hmm. changes to things with that and i think that's again one of the versatilities of having micro layouts it's a little harder to do that with a basement empire yeah having to mm-hmm. change all the backdrops you don't yeah. need so Absolutely. anyway yeah. so that leads me to my next question what do you prefer photo or painted backdrops well i i obviously prefer photos but because uh, i don't have your artistic ability to uh, pull off a painted one <laughs> well i i have to say uh, surprisingly i actually prefer a photo backdrop because uh it takes time to have to sit and paint one and painting one, you know, I'm not a photorealistic painter. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, I can get the job done and, you know, the mind can fill in the scene, but boy, a photo just looks so much better. The realism of an actual photo is really hard to beat. Uh, but you know what? Painting one when a photo isn't available sure comes in handy. So that's mm-hmm. that's one of the advantages of being able to do landscape paintings that uh, I've, I've had to do that. But there's one other thing I do too, Ian. I'm not always able to get hands on a mm-hmm. uh, printed backdrop. So what I do, and it's pretty basic and it's not necessarily the preferred method of doing it. I'll get photos that I will print on just plain cardstock, mm-hmm. white cardstock. Yeah. Print those out on my printer, and I usually will use my. Uh, I use a photo editing. I don't have anything. I don't have like Photoshop or anything. I just use. I've even used Microsoft Paint. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, as long as I can get a toolbar on there and get measurements, I'll kind of measure out what I'm needing for my space, and then I'll print it out on this cardstock. Then what I do is, is I paint a blue sky uh, with just acrylic paints, mm-hmm. and when that's dry, I'll cut out the sky. Yeah. From the photo printout I have and glue that to my backdrop. And then if I've got a little seam like the Heron Micro, mm-hmm. uh, I had a, you know, it kind of had the distant trees were the geometric shapes with the way I tried to round them as best I could, but they still looked artificial. So what I did was, was after I glued them in place, I used acrylic paint and I blended the trees from the photo into the actual backdrop the painted backdrop yeah where i get rid of that hard edge and then i can adjust the lighting uh the tree and the skies where i can even add um, yellow green highlights and in other words i can tweak it and blend it in and when you take photos it's a backdrop it's it's not supposed to be a 
masterpiece yeah. painting that draws people in. And when people yeah. look at trains, you can make the distance and get the perspective right, give it that more depth look. So it is versatile to have that. So it does come in handy when you can do that. But not everybody can do that. So I understand that as well. All right. Any final thoughts, Ian? Um, well, it's I noticed that it's getting all quiet on the Cartel Christmas Challenge layout competition front. Um, kind of like wondering what everybody's up to there on that. Uh, feels quite unusual talking about uh, Christmas right now, but uh, I need to uh, mention something else. So uh, okay. I'm putting out an appeal for material for the uh, winter issue of The Dispatch. You know, I have to plan ahead. Uh, yeah. Last year's Christmas special, the Christmas special section was really well received, you know, so I'm uh, wanting to uh, build on that. So I'm looking for your Christmas model train memories. And uh, if you've got a Christmas micro layout, even, you know, even better, you know, just send it to me at mmrdeditor at gmail.com yeah and oh and if your christmas model train memory stories have got pictures even better Mm -hmm. and also you're looking for book reviews right oh yes yes book reviews as well yeah all right sounds good looking forward to it i want to remind our listeners that you can uh, find out details about the christmas challenge layout at the cartel facebook group the rules are posted in the group announcements section of the group, as well as build and entry dates. And I know that many members have probably not even seen the original rules posts on the cartel group due to Facebook's wonderful newsfeed algorithm. Of course, I am speaking sarcastically because I know that for many people, I experienced this myself, there's a lot of things you don't see because for some reason, Facebook doesn't think you want to see it. So anyway, that's a whole other subject to discuss, but... I went ahead and pinned that up into the announcements section on the group. So it's right at the top. Look for announcements. And it has all the information on what's required, when the entry date is going to be, when you have to finish building. But if you're building, you don't have to finish it before you can post anything. Feel free to post any of your progress photos and just tag it Micro Challenge 2022. And that way, with a hashtag, everybody can see it. And that way, they can see what you're doing. And then people can just hit that hashtag and be able to go back and access what people are doing. And that's a good way to inspire people. So I want to encourage everybody to do that. Just in case members are not aware of the challenge, just be sure to check that out on the uh, Facebook group in the announcements section. Be sure to visit the Micromodel Railroad Cartel Facebook group and join in on the fun if you're not a member yet. Just search for the Micromodel Railroad Cartel on Facebook. You can also find all of our past podcast episodes at the podcast blog page, and that address is microcartel.blogspot.com. You can also email us with your questions and comments by sending them to microcartel at aol.com. From Ian and myself, have a great day. Thanks for listening.